Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 17 through 20 of part 6, Stone Ocean. One down, one to go, another town, one more show. Downtown, you're giving away, but you never came back. No phone can take your place, you know what I mean. Yeah, but saying, like, it just says Baki doesn't tell me anything, because there are, like, eight different Baki series, and they're all called Baki. <laughs> it's like, here, this one's Baki, this one's Baki New Generation, this one's, I think it's, like, still Baki, but using different kanji to spell it or something. <laughs> it, here's uh, Baki, but it's spelled in wingdings, here's Baki Joker Man font. Basically, like, that's what they do. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, called Baki, and it's got Baki in it, and it looks new-ish. Like, it maybe yeah. came out in the last ten years? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, a few years ago, I think. Hmm. I don't know. The only things I know about Baki are from the last set of episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Very which similar. I... And in fact, some stuff this time is also kind of similar. <clears throat> Do you think Araki watched Baki? <laughs> that sounds funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's because it rhymes. I'm sorry. Um, do you think he probably watched Baki and was like taking inspiration from it? Do you think that's maybe it, what's well, responsible for the kind of weird shift we had with the fights? Well, it's just Baki, not a Baki. Um, no, I'm saying like if you I'm saying a, a yes, a space Baki. Maybe. I don't know. But but the thing is, like, the whole shift, and it's kind of just going back to how it started with being sort of a horror comic, which then it kind of abandoned later. Yeah. But now it's just gone full bore into that again. Hi, I'm Larry Davis. With me, as always, is George Brundle. We're here I'm, to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm George. I've never seen Baki in my life. Yeah. But I have seen a lot of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Larry... Davis, yeah, what? Host of Stand and Deliver, a JoJo uh-huh. podcast. I have a question for you. Okay, hit me. Do you love the Drake? I hate the Drake. Oh no! <laughs> but I love the Drake. Everybody loves the Drake. I can't stand the Drake. Are you at least ready to enter the Drake stream? Uh, sure. Okay. I guess so. We're starting off with episode number seventeen, and hey, uh, this a, episode. A, by the way. Uh-huh. I, I have a suggestion. What if we re-recorded the first three episodes? <laughs> why would we do that? They sucked. That's why. <laughs> I want to go full George Lucas, like, <laughs> deliver special edition. Salacious Crumb will be there. You, you step on Jabba's tail and it looks really bad. 
We're going to have a bunch of really annoying sounds in the background, and we're going yeah. to add a ton of characters no one gives a shit about. <laughs> Half of it you won't be able to hear because I'll just insert like random sound effects going over it. Yeah, sure. Uh, you'll be that blue guy on the piano, and I'll be that pretty lady with the big lips singing that song in Jabba's Palace. Uh, please, their names are Max Rebo and Sai Snoodles. Thank you. I saw a thread earlier today that was just saying, like, what's the one main character you could cut from Star Wars and it would not make a significant difference? And I know that's going to upset a lot of people, but the answer is Salacious Grum. No, absolutely not. Boba Fett. You could also get rid of Boba Fett. He is completely useless. Yeah. He's a totally flaccid character. Actually, technically, he does get Han, and so he does have some effect on the plot. You could replace him with any other bounty hunter. Yes, you could. It on. could be Dengar. It could be Bosk. It could have just been Darth Vader, and he could have just been like, you know, my friend Jabba the Hutt back in my pod racing days has a bounty on this guy's head. I think I'll just do him a solid. <laughs> my Send friend, <laughs> the guy who was just like up in the box watching as he listened to our good personal friend, uh, Greg Proops, uh, yell about Ben Quadraneros. Yeah, Jabba, uh, well, he knew Anakin's mom. Sure. It, it's in one of the yeah. books. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why not? We're not re-recording the first. The first three episodes were fine. No, they weren't. They were bad. But it, like, I disagree. The, I think they were whatever. totally fine. They were low energy. Both of us sounded like we were on quaaludes. It was I, awful. But it's okay. I sound <laughs> we'll exactly just, the same. We'll keep powering. Well, maybe it was just me. Maybe yeah. that's the problem. Okay. Perhaps. Fine. <laughs> Anyway, the first solid minute of this episode, episode 17, the first one we watched of this set of four, is a little old man talking about drinking his pee-pee. Welcome (laughs) to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Nothing has maybe encapsulated the experience of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as much as that. I, like, 30 seconds into this episode sent you a message on Discord that was just, like, this set of episodes rules. I hadn't seen anything more than that, but I knew. <laughs> had a premonition that we were going to get Yo-Yo-Ma. Yo-Yo-Ma? What? Yo-Yo-Ma? You just said Yo-Yo-Ma. Oh, Yo-Yo-Ma is so good. I'm I sorry. I love you, so that clip I'm of sorry. Kramer saying that. Ya-Ya-Ma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also get Jolene telling this guy to fuck off in multiple different languages using different like hand gestures. I had no idea what she was doing at first. That was good. Oh, I understood it because I knew the um, well, obviously middle finger, but also the like pulling the eye down thing. Yeah, but she's Japanese. like a, American style, Japanese style, French style. These are all the ways I can say fuck you, and then you just jump to credits. Yeah, very good. good. Yeah, uh, I also like uh, DNG. He shows up very briefly at the start of this first episode. He... Surprising they didn't change his name because that's like pretty recognizable. Yeah, Dolce uh, and Gabbana. But like, there yeah. have been others that are more abstract that they've still changed, like Drake's Dream. Yeah, well, even just Anasui changing that to Anastasia. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but we've already yeah. been over yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I also like how this character just straight up looks like a Fist of the North Star background character. <laughs> yeah. It's his helmet, sure. little spike on the top of it. Yeah, he's, he's got a little, like, German helmet. Yeah. 
Uh, but this, these two villains in this set of episodes, I think, are really, really fun. Especially since last week, I think we both kind of, not that we hated those episodes, but I think we complained a little bit about how the stand powers were just not that interesting. I mean, the issue I would have here is the stand power is completely inscrutable to the point where I <laughs> had barely any idea what was happening at any point. Well, because or... to start it all off, it's that all these other prisoners are now bloated because they have drowned to death from the inside. And so your initial right. thought would be, oh, he can, like, uh, f- fabricate water or he could take a source of water and cause it to continue yeah. to swell out of control or something. Especially because then he does that at one point and then does not do it again. <laughs> like, what was that about? Yeah, he, like, shoves his uh, hand down Foo Fighter's throat and, like, yeah. hits her vertebrae and somehow i guess the idea here is that it's like a a pressure point kind of thing where if he strikes these particular vertebrae in a certain way it will cause the kidneys to react and flood the lungs yeah i don't know there was something about adrenal glands yeah but like at first i thought he was like actually shooting water out of his hands because of yeah the bodies being waterlogged and all of that and he talks specifically about how long it would take to drown. But if your lungs don't have any air in them, then you'll drown in mere seconds. Yeah. But anyway, there... that's not what a stand does. No, it, uh, it floats around <laughs> and talks so, to him. Two things. One, before we totally get away from the water thing, there is a really good bit where he asks food, food Fighters if she likes water. And she's like, yeah, I think water is great. I love water. I'm way into water. Mm-hmm. More water please hydration very was that supposed to be a reference to more jello please <laughs> um it was not intended that way but now i wish it was okay <laughs> the second I'm just thing going to start referencing commercials now like next you're gonna be like new york city Get the i watched right- i watched that german stream of all the advertisements so it's now just it's all baked right into my my cortex are you uh-huh. holding something back from me like dessert? <laughs> uh, I still just love, uh, oh God, why am I blanking on his first name? Clark. Dick sure Clark. Enough. Oh, yeah. Dick, Dick Clark. Clark showing up. At... Who's Bob so, Hope? Bob Hope. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think there was like a Dick Clark holiday special that was being used as a bumper in between some of that stuff. And that's why I think it was Bob Hope. Like, I think that's why he was in those commercials. Like they were specifically for that. It might just be because I'm a huge Dick Clark fan. I got a lot of Dick Clark memorabilia. I'm thinking about Dick Clark pretty often that I, you know, my wires probably got crossed. That's I'm sure what's understandable. No, anyway, to give a small amount of context, German industry, I'm watching old advertisements and there was a Bob Hope advertisement for, it was like Texaco, right? Yeah. And they had like, they had new gas pumps. And (laughs) so in every commercial, the setup is basically just like some sort of uh, vehicular um, shenanigans are going down. And then Bob Hope shows up out of nowhere, like a cryptid. And happens to just have this like gas pump that's attached to nothing, but it's capable of pumping out gas. What I'm saying is that's his stand. And it's called <laughs> fuel. <laughs> give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. <laughs> and then, yeah. Sure. Okay. Now what's his stand name for the localization? Uh gas. <laughs> but it, it would be Germa saying gas. <laughs> 
Oh, um, explain to the people at home who Jerma is. <laughs> Jerma is impossible. A, uh, he's a Twitch streamer. He's five foot five. <laughs> he owns a dachshund, uh, and apparently is, in a lot of ways, just a successful version of me. Kind of loves Dr. Pepper. Yeah, has Do- horrible gambling addiction. I love to gamble, and I love to drink Dr. Pepper. Those are. Two. I watched his PS One stream. Uh, like edit on youtube and like half of that is him playing a golden nugget game for playstation one with cutscenes featuring adam west there's a i've been watching an xbox one and he plays that um i think it was enter the matrix is what he's playing and he keeps yeah. promising to move on to something else and says that he's only going to give the game five four minutes and he does that for like 40 minutes straight <laughs> of course enter the matrix is addictive yeah. also that means he played like a third of the game Probably, yeah. Also, that it game is, seems like short. full of bullshit. Yeah. It seems like a frustrating game to play. I played it a lot back when it came out because it was really cool to be doing Matrixy stuff, and I went back and tried it, I don't know, like a few months ago, probably, and boy, does not hold up at all. I mean, it was... <laughs> so, this stand... Um, what is its uh, actual name supposed to be again? Dragon's Dream. Dragon's Dream. That's uh, right. I had to look up yes, what that was, and apparently it's too. multiple references. So I think the main one is supposed to be that it's the company from, uh, I forget his name, the guy who does the artwork for Yes and Asia album covers, mm. uh, which you'd recognize me if, if you saw yeah. them. But I think that's the main one, considering all the other <laughs> sort of like Yes references throughout this. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't um, remember what the other one was. It was like but it's, it was a song by like some Russian multi-instrumentalist. <laughs> That's a hard one. Um, yeah, I instrumentalist, Russian instrumentalist, an yes. instrumentalist from Russia. I can do it. It's easy. What's what's your problem? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, Larry. Do you want to record this episode again too? <laughs> No, this has been good. This is all good stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I had to look up what the reference was. It was less obvious to me than, like, all the other stand names that we've heard so far, which is music that I remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. I have heard of Foo Fighters and Yaya Ma. Yo, yo, Ma. Uh, but I really like this stand. This stand's whole gimmick is basically that it is a feng shui stand. Uh so what it does is basically we get this like lengthy explanation about what feng shui really is. And it's basically like certain angles are bad luck and then like opposite angles represent good luck. And so you want to like yeah, furnish yeah. your surroundings in a way that benefits your lucky side. Um, so the way this manifests in the stand itself is it's basically this dragon riding a compass and it's going to put it, it points at the direction that is the least fortunate for whoever is the victim of its attack. Uh, sure, except it also keeps saying it's supposed to be neutral. Yeah. And I, I have like another problem with that later on. <laughs> I like this stand's attitude because yeah. it seems to hate the stand user, even though it insists it's neutral. There's a lot yeah. of it warning Foo Fighters like, you should probably like do this right now because like you're in a bad position. And a lot of other parts where it's just like, yeah, suck it, old man. 
also uh the stand is the one i think that explains like what's actually going on with it because kenzo is like no don't tell them (laughs) well i think that's like uh you said inscrutable and i think that's because like if it did not explain this very clearly to foo fighters there's probably no way she would have figured out what the hell was going on no i just mean in general this makes very little sense to me so i have read especially a bit okay about... here, here's the thing so he says he's supposed to be neutral there's yeah. the part where um kenzo like sticks his hand in its mouth that like rips his arm off and then sends it towards foo fighters but then there's a part later where foo fighters does the same thing intentionally and so i thought oh it's going to send it at kenzo but no it just like loops it around and sends it back at her no that makes sense because the whole idea is the reason he was able to it's have supposed his to be neutral but the reason he was able to have his arm ripped off was because it was currently pointing. This is garbage. This is like bottom tier stand. Dragon Dream, Dragon's Dream was in a position that was favorable to him at the time, which is why it had a different result. Because when Foo Fighters did it, it was in a position that was indicating a unlucky position for her to be in. So it had a positive result for him and a negative result for her because he understood how to read it and when to use it. All right, whatever. He's what also a cult, le- a cult leader who, like, I guess, <laughs> yeah. lays on his back, like on his shoulders and pisses into his own mouth or something. So he, yeah, he's like a combination Scientologist and like Jonestown guy. I'm going down to the combination Scientologist <laughs> Jonestown. i'm at the scientology i'm at the jonestown i'm at the combination scientology jonestown you want me to pick you up anything (laughs) no i'm okay you don't want a a thetan reader you don't want any kool-aid no no i'm okay well give give me an extra copy of dianetics okay i'll get you a copy of dianetics you know to to just to have around the house like (laughs) He tries to burn himself and all of his followers down in their compound, but he survives because his stand manifested, and he happened to be in the, like, lucky position in the building when it burned down. Um, yeah, so lucky, like, a piece of wall falls on him and uh, somehow protects him from smoke? Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, like, technically, smoke rises. I guess that's what they're going for, That like because he was on the ground. I feel like if that whole place burned down and he was in there, he would still have smoke inhalation, mm-hmm. but okay. Uh, but this happened when he was 35. He is now like 78. Yeah. And, and part of why he is so energetic for his age is because again, drinks pee pee and also has like a very specific sort of like physical res- regimen that he goes through and he practices like uh he practices feng shui and like all this other like mystical crap. And basically he's trying to get like recognition and respect back that he had lost uh, back from when he was a cult leader. That's very important to him. Um, also, I, he, he has elf ears. He's a little goblin man. Yeah. And like continuing. Yeah. And we'll see later more characters with elf ears, <laughs> like, depending on the shot. They seem to appear or go away, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's something else that this stand seems to be 
I don't know if it's just like some sort of passive ability or whatever, but it seems as if when you're in its unlucky position, it is causing misfortune to happen to you in that position because there's some really wacky shit that gets set up, especially yes. towards the end of the fight, where it's just like, this is a ridiculous sequence of events. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like Final Destination-y, yeah. uh, which are the parts I like the most about it. Like where a, a rat scampers up a wall and it closes a door and the door closes on this guy's head and it causes his glasses to fly off and embed themselves in Foo Fighters face. Yeah. Like a murderous Rube Goldberg machine, basically. Yeah. Well, that's um, what final destination is. Yeah. It's great. No, well, it's not. <laughs> the, the first one is the first one's fun. It was okay. Is, isn't it the first one where the girl steps out into traffic and just gets smashed by that yeah. bus? Cause that's a really good shot. Yeah. But I I think the log truck one is in two, and that's yeah, pretty good. It is, yeah. Um, so I've actually been reading a little bit about part eight. Uh, this okay. has gone back for a while because I was like loosely following it as it was nearing the end of its publication. If you like this this stuff, the whole sort of final destination thing, it sounds to me like you're probably going to like part eight. Because the main villain stand is just that it causes misfortune for whoever is threatening the stand user. Good. It's like a domino from X-Force. Yeah. So there's, I've read a few different like ways he has harmed or killed other characters. And it is essentially just stuff like that of like, oh, you tripped on something in the kitchen. And then like you smacked your head against the side of the table. And that caused like the butcher block with all the knives on it to fly mm -hmm. off. And then like the knives hit you in the neck. And I think that that's directly from final destination but yeah is there one um, part where like a guy like he's sort of slipping around in a bathroom and he like gets a dental floss like wrapped around his neck or yeah, something it like takes him out like a piano wire or something yeah, like that yeah. like it cleaves right through him we should do a final destination podcast <laughs> absolutely not uh but that's sort of a lot of the setup with this stand happens in this episode. There's just an extremely lengthy explanation of how it works. And it all ends with, um, so the meteors that went through the ceiling uh, in the last episode have caused like a ceiling fan to get jarred loose. And then a bird happens to get sucked up in there. And it, the ceiling fan is over Foo Fighters. So you think, of course, it's just going to fall on her. But instead, like a like metal like component. A brace yeah like to keep it it's a little like l-shaped thing yeah. snaps off of there and hits the ground and comes at her like a boomerang and slices off the top of her head yeah also confirmation it's a hat yes uh which it's kind of the thing with Foo Fighters is for a lot of this, I figured any physical damage is kind of like not really that important because she's made yeah. of plankton. I forgot that she is in like a dead body and is like puffing so it that, around. That also I was going to bring up because uh, Atro got exploded. <laughs> she so sure what, did. I thought she had just like formed herself like into her form. Yeah, but then she but, was talking about all this stuff about, like, I inherited her memories because I took yeah, her body. Yeah. But she yeah. exploded. Like, <laughs> yeah, a lot. She, did. <laughs> she, uh, she blew up like that one I, dude in UHF during the, uh, <laughs> the Rambo Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess maybe because of, like, 
the way she can heal wounds that was like in a swamp maybe she's able to like gather up all the parts to sort of like reform her i don't know yeah but, well there's a lot of like gluing stuff back together with the plankton so i assume yeah. that's what happened is yeah she just put the body back together like it was a puzzle basically um, right but but they also mentioned the main thing here is not necessarily the damage but uh, the losing of water from bleeding yeah and that makes more sense sort yeah. of because <laughs> i'm not sure why she would yeah. still have blood specifically because again if she exploded there's no blood left yeah. so somehow the plankton would have had to have been able to like synthesize or produce blood on its own which doesn't make much sense this is everything all, no. in jojo's bizarre adventure makes perfect sense it was all he ran it by the the nation's top scientists they looked at it and said mm-hmm Iraqi won a Nobel Peace Prize in science for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> Top doctors have read this comic and have determined that it is a steel trap of scientific fact. A steel trap? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Okay. Uh, so the next episode starts and she manages to get a few shots in on this guy with her finger gun. Uh, not that it matters a whole lot because she spends the rest of this episode getting really fucked up. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, by the wow. end of it, I was almost sure that they actually were going to kill Foo Fighters because they put her in a pretty unwinnable situation. Also of note, uh, Anasui is here the entire time uh, just commenting because it's not his problem. Yeah, he only agreed to save Jolene. Yeah, so he's like... If Foo Fighters dies, then I'll step in to save you, but otherwise, eh, don't really care. Yeah, so what? <laughs> oh, the plankton lady is getting hurt. Fine. Not my job description. Uh, but Foo Fighters, at this point, she badly needs water, and there is a uh, fire hose across the way, and so her game plan is to get over there. But when she finally does, there's this good bit of her lifting the hose up, and Dragon's Dream is just chilling out there, and it's just like, hey, it's me. Just so you know, there's no water in here. This is also the unluckiest position you could have possibly put yourself in. I am so <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry. That's right. Um, but this is where she gets both of her arms chopped off. Uh, but we find out she does it intentionally so she can slither into the hose <laughs> like a snake. Which, Yeah, like at that point, if she can sort of compress herself to get into the hose, I don't know that the arms would have made that much of a difference. No, she also doesn't cut them off at shoulder level. It's more at the bicep level. Yeah. So if the width of her body was too much of an issue of getting into the hose, yeah, cutting yeah. her arms off is totally ineffectual. Um, eh, so I don't really yeah. get the I don't get the logic here. And there's like a lot of stuff, especially in these two episodes, where it does seem like Araki was just making all this up on the fly. I can't believe that he would do that. That seems completely out of character. Impossible. For style. Yeah. But like a lot of it works out because I think a lot of the fight is still very entertaining, despite the fact that there's very little logical consistency to it, even within like the framework of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Sure. Uh, but yeah, she still manages to get the water because, or no, she doesn't really get, I got confused for a second, because she, it causes like the pipe to erupt with water, but I don't think that she gets enough from it, or she doesn't get anything. Uh, she's it. too far away from it. Okay, right. She gets knocked down those uh, stairs that that one guy fell yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Um, which happens to put her in the 
uh, room where they execute the prisoners very conveniently located. <laughs> in this AKA, wing of the uh, execution chamber. Yeah. Uh, they have an electric chair there and she, this is the best final destination bit because she yes. essentially falls down here, accidentally hits the panel where the key is kept, which pops it open <laughs> and makes the key, key turn to turn it on. And then also, also apparently the, it works on a countdown timer. Yeah, that's weird. They, do they execute people in Japan still? I don't know, but this is in Florida, remember? I know, but he I'm wondering if this is like a, a... Oh, I don't know. I'm wondering if, like, in Japan, the electric chair is on a timer mechanism or something. Oh, I have no idea. getting that from somewhere. Um, I, uh, well, I was going to say I would guess they still just hang everybody, but I'm just thinking of the classic uh, Nagisa Oshima movie, Death by Hanging. It's a good movie. Yeah, it is. Sometimes hanging doesn't work, but then, you know, you get into a fun, wacky adventure with you and the rest of the cops and uh, yeah. Sometimes, your victim. Yeah, and you get to uh, like be racist against Koreans. <laughs> That's all the time in Japan. <laughs> I know. That's the whole point. Uh, but she gets like knocked backwards into the electric chair and then she's just like, well, I could simply stand up and get out of her here. But then like her foot is caught in like one of the leather straps. So she just falls back into the electric chair anyway. She basically can't get out. And that's what I mean, especially about the sort of like final destination logic of yeah. it would be bad luck enough to just like fall down these stairs. But this wacky sequ sequence of events is putting her directly under the dome of an electric chair. Yep. And strapped into it. Yeah. Uh, but she takes like a, <laughs> there is a good bit where she takes another shot at this guy and just slips on like a uh, bead that falls off of him. And that's what puts her back in there too. Oh and yeah. Then she yeah, yeah. gets fried. Right. And they mentioned that Plankton would be uh, annihilated in an instant. <laughs> you get a good shot of her like <laughs> bubbling up or something like in um, Green Mile when they didn't wet the sponge <laughs> on the guy's head. He had to have seen Green Mile before oh, yeah. doing this. That has to be where that came from. I think so. Uh, I happened to just click onto a random part of this video yeah, and got a really good screenshot. And I, we should not get rid of my art on the uh, on the page for this. But at the same time, if there were ever a week to replace it, I think it's this week. Okay. Well. I'm just gonna send that to you. But... Oh yes, the the bit with like her eyes bulging out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just blood spewing out of her mouth. Mm -hmm. um, Good radio. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. We're not on the radio. This is radio. <laughs> oh radio, no, what, radio. What station are we on? I haven't seen Hermes in a while. I miss her. Well, she got a uh, part of her skull bitten off. Ah, she's fine. Yeah, I guess. Just put some plankton in there. She'll be okay. <laughs> it's a solution to everything just jam some plankton in it yeah uh, but her whole plan here was basically to create a mirror that way dragon's dream would reflect uh in a different position than it actually was which would allow her to trick her opponent um which she finally manages to pull off because she busted that pipe loose just earlier and that essentially has left him in a position where she can grab him while she's being electrocuted and electrocute him too. Yes. Doesn't work. Doesn't work out though. Not quite. She didn't grab him long enough. No. 
So this guy has now turned into a charred little freak, and I love the way that he looks for the yeah. rest of this episode. Yeah, just uh, looks like, well, you're not going to like this. He looks like the old lady uh, who hates chocolate from Spongebob. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck that is. I know, I know but the, the listeners will. It's very accurate. I did not realize a bunch of eight-year-olds listened to us, but yeah, I guess they would probably know what that's referencing because they're literal children. They will. <laughs> I hear you back there looking it up for me. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is good radio. I know, that's exactly <laughs> this it. This is really it's good radio. Back when you were like, <laughs> I have to send you the screenshot. Uh, hold on, hold on. we got to take a station break here. Uh, we'll come back and I'll know what Larry's talking about. Are you going to tell me that's not accurate? You could have just said the bit from Mr. Show where like David Cross <laughs> was like a fan of that one band yeah, and like all that Titanica. was left of him. Yeah, that's it. Kind of, but like he still had a regular head. I guess that's true. He did have a regular head. Anyway, yeah, this guy's like totally fried and he's losing it. And uh, I thought you were going to say anyway, he looks exactly like that SpongeBob character. He, well, you know. It's pretty close. You have to. Admit. He kind of does. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but like Foo Fighters uh, absorbed water through his sweat. So she has managed to survive as like a small handful of plankton, basically. And what's really baffling here is apparently even a teeny tiny amount of the plankton that's left is enough to fully regenerate Foo Fighters. I mean, I guess over time, sure repopulate the species (laughs) i don't know i didn't want to jump ahead too much but in like the fourth episode in this set they say this entire thing has happened over the span of like 15 minutes (laughs) (laughs) so i don't remember that but sure yeah that makes sense (laughs) which so i guess that means like Foo fighters was able to reconstitute herself from like eight plankton within the span of a few seconds or a couple of minutes working hard uh, even though they have that whole thing where they explain, like, oh, no, it's a problem if she loses blood because she loses moisture and then the plankton will die. Yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. It, it's a good enough way to keep Foo Fighters in the game and also keep the tension high by making the viewer think that she has died. Yeah. So Kenzo still alive. Yeah. Kenzo He's attacking for Joe. Jolene's like, nah, I'm going to use my stand. And Anasui's like, that's a bad idea. Anasui also uses his stand. He does. <laughs> and the first, like, actual indication of what it does. So, what was up the first time when he, he does, like, that kick and it sort of delays the impact? Because that doesn't seem like it has any relation to what its actual ability is. Uh, a Rocky changed his mind. <laughs> Just like he changed his mind on if he should be a guy or a girl. Just like he changed his mind on what this guy's stand power does like 15 times in the <laughs> span of two episodes, yes. He also, yeah, in the part where he's like zipping around through the wall. Yeah, but doing this causes him to, uh, he's jumping around, like he's on springs, there's some spring sound effects. Yeah, well, he... the, the main thing is Kenzo attacks Jolene but it has no apparent effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is unable to harm her, and then he starts, like, bouncing around all over the place, and it's because his 
uh, bones in his legs have been horribly, horribly mangled <laughs> in a way that basically turns them into springs. His legs are all twisted around and there's bones sticking out of his flesh. It, it's really good that Diver Down's ability is just Cronenberg body horror. <laughs> There's a few like really detailed bits here of his yeah. legs being fucked up. Uh, and then all like this eventually all this bouncing eventually sends him falling into like a trash can and that takes him out. Uh, <laughs> he would just he rolls away too. Oh, it's in a it's in a bucket, I'm sorry, not a trash can. But but yeah, he, yeah, bucket. Um there's also like a hint in this episode too where they say that the reason he looks the way he does is because all this fighting has aged him instead of getting like cooked alive by the electricity like it's some weird emperor palpatine thing that's gone oh, on here i do not remember that i did ha- i switched back and forth between the dubs at a few points during this that <sighs> might have been a dub thing maybe it's because i wanted to hear the differences in voice actors so occasionally mm. I, I swapped the dub around i hope you <laughs> didn't swap the dub in an upcoming episode at a specific point but we'll get to it uh but yeah also diver down can like go inside people so we just like put it inside jolene so kenzo hit him yeah it was on accident yeah and it Um, yeah it was like he was in the unlucky spot or something that dumb crap again yeah i love it i think it's great i think it's the best stand that's ever existed (laughs) (laughs) come on we got Um, a guy who can turn people's legs into springs over here apparently there was a post credits bit in this episode and i missed it it doesn't matter it's basically just the beginning <laughs> of the next one. Well, okay. Um, so we're now on to Birth of the Green. Uh, this starts with a bit in the Speedwagon Foundation. I would just like to say I love the cute little outfits that the Speedwagon Foundation doctors are wearing. Yep. And again, now some of them have elf ears. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's the same person that does or does not. Their outfits look like they come out of like a music video for like a Eurobeat song or something. <laughs> like these they look weird. Like they're from a Yodorowsky movie. <laughs> yeah, actually, they're these weird spacemen lab outfits. They are they're bizarre. JoJo's bizarre adventure. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Just wanted to remind everyone what the name of the show was. But yeah, the post credit scene was basically just this. It was just okay. a shot of Jotaro and the doctors being like, oh, he's still comatose. Jotaro is in a meditative position and has a bunch of tubes all over his body, including a hysterically massive tube that is leading into his guts. Yeah, of just course. Sucking all the poop out of there, I guess. I don't know what this <laughs> is supposed to do. <laughs> they I don't like poke- pain when I cath. <laughs> it runs over to a big poop sucking machine that's in the background <laughs> please we learned from disco elysium it's called the volumetric shit compressor uh well i haven't played one of the most influential uh, games of all time disco of elysium not. there's um i know you don't care but i'm going to bring it up briefly a uh, sight and sounds list on backlogged which first of all sights and sounds doesn't make sense for what it's actually supposed to be which is the most influential piece of media within a particular medium i think they got the name off of a, a similar it's a movie. list. For it's film. a movie magazine yeah whatever dumb name problem number one it's called sight and sound because of movies they have both sights and sounds it's like a hook blade you know you have both the hook and the blade i don't watch talkies oh okay 
Yeah, so I wouldn't really know much about that. You heard Al Jolson talk that time and you were like, no, thank you. <laughs> I started screaming <laughs> nonstop. Back to the oldies for me. <laughs> it's just me doing the Riddler bit. Yeah, it's basically what you do with video games. Yeah. Um, but a lot of selections on that list were, of course, baffling to me. Like, uh, I'd have to pull it up again, which I'm not going Dark to. Dark Souls? So, Demon Souls made the list, and then also Dark Souls. And yeah. I don't think that makes sense. Because what's the one that's influential would be Dark Souls. It's Demon not Souls not influential, is... it's just what's your favorite. That's what I said when people were throwing around, like, everyone should participate in this list. And I was just like, I don't want to do that because it'd be hard for me to not just come up with, like, a list of games that are my favorite. Yeah, that's what you were supposed to do. Uh, if you're picking, like, most influential, like, Kill Switch should be on there. Or Win Back. Games do, that invented the cover shooter. Uh, I do think that Dark Souls belongs on there. Yeah. I don't think Demon Souls does. Demon Souls started that, but it's not necessarily the one that popularized it. It's not the one that everyone specifically is emulating or, you know, trying to be. So they put Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3 on there, and I think that really the only one that has any business being on there is probably 2. Maybe. I don't know. Metal Gear Solid 1 was pretty big. There's there's an argument between those two, but I think that two was like doing a lot that of sort really... of cinematic stuff in particular, like games weren't doing at the time. That's fair, but also like two was doing a lot of stuff that was very revolutionary two, from you, a hardware. You shoot the bucket of ice cubes, and yeah. the ice cubes come out, and then the ice cubes melt. They melt, yeah. Condensation builds up on the screen when you come in from outside. You can catch a cold. If you, so uh, you look, you look at the poster, <laughs> Colonicon. <laughs> You can get peed on if you touch that one guard. You get stinky. <laughs> touch guard gets stinky. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst level in Yoshi's Island. Um, what would you guess that the number one game on that list is? Uh, Super Mario Brothers. No, surprisingly, I don't think that was like anywhere on the list. Was it Disco Elysium? No, Near Automata. The, Disco Elysium did make like the top ten. And so I made the point to someone else that I think that's also ridiculous because I don't think that game has been around long enough for any influence to really be felt from it. Again, it's not the most influential. So you're still that's, coming at that's this from what, a weird... That's what it was explained to me several times because I had a very what is Firewatch kind of reaction to the list because the everyone one, kept explaining it in very convoluted ways. The number one of the new sight and sound survey was uh, Jean Dielman. Uh, whatever stupid. the rest of that fuck title both is, of these which lists. is not the most influential it's just like the most people put it on their list so it's there i hate this the number one was doom oh okay which like from an actual yeah. like influential standpoint i would say that is one of easily the most influential games that has ever well, been made well, wolfenstein i guess if you were going by that criteria but wolfenstein also Again, I think that's a case of what came first versus what actually had the influence. All right. Sure. Whatever. Anyway, Jotaro uh, breaks free of his poop tube when the little midget man <laughs> gets up onto the bed and tries to touch him. Jolene sees a message on her arm and says, my dad said he could break the poop tube. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, we're four to four on Dim and Eric Gossam show references, I'm pretty Woo! sure. <laughs> Uh, no, I like that this little tiny guy just crawls up here like a child and just tries to, like, touch Jotaro's cheek for some reason. Reach and start... out and touch Jotaro. <laughs> I thought it was going to be reach out and touch cheek. Oh, um, yeah, that would be better. Uh, but start Wait, Platinum... on, take two. Okay. Reach the... out and touch cheek. <laughs> Wasn't that good? It's pretty good, good yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad we edited the other one out because it sucked. <laughs> It's pure garbage. See, that's the thing. That's what the first three episodes are full of. That's why I want to go <laughs> no, back. It's not. We're real time George Lucasing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, Star Platinum tries to backhand this dude, destroys a bunch of equipment, and and they explain basically the stand disc is in there. He's unresponsive and is losing the will to live, but the stand is still able to protect him. Uh. And also, in doing so, it causes a bunch of, like, shards of glass from, like, a, a bottle or a beaker or something to, like, cut into his arm and spell Jolene. And somehow, that damage gets reflected <gasps> onto Jolene. And then Jolene is like, my dad's inside my body. And before we can figure out what the goddamn fuck that shit meant, we go to the credits and we never revisit this at all. Well, there's a guy crawling around at the top of the steps and Foo Fighters immediately is like, hey, check this out. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Shoots him <laughs> with the foot like three times. Hey, you guys want to see a dead body? Blah. <laughs> now, I think that happens a little bit later because we get this bit where they're walking up the stairs and uh, Anna Sui is just like, hey, 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 Foo Fighters, trip Jolene. It'll be real funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. He wants to catch her, so he seems uh, strong and protective and romantic, and uh, Foo Fighters is not into this, but he reminds uh, Foo Fighters of the deal, and so Foo Fighters complies. Um, does not work. <laughs> well, no, because Jolene and me... Oh, yeah, that's when she, like, notices the guy at the top. Yeah, they, they she catches him. Starts and, blasting. Yeah, and uh, this dude has a very interesting-looking back problem. <sighs> yeah. His spine looks like it has twisted around and is full of a bunch of weird nodules and also massive veins are coming out of it. Like just these arteries are his, running through his back. His torso is extending like he's sort of like shaping himself into one of the worm guys from Men in Black or something. Oh, if only the transformation were just that level of grotesque, but it gets yeah. so much worse. Also, like I, she wraps the thread around his like forearm at one point and it just like shears all the flesh down to the muscle on it that's later no that's before that, that's he's D &D. transforming no that's also this guy oh he does yeah oh yeah that's right it's why because dng is the yeah, okay. dude's the the rib trap thing <laughs> oh, oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yes, that's right. It, she like puts the thread on him and just like rips his skin off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they're like, "Hey, guy, uh, turn around!" And he's he's becoming tree. <laughs> I am become tree. He's got like a, a branch growing out of his mouth. His teeth are growing on the branch and he, also on like the side of his face. Notably, he uh, wiggles his tongue around and makes the same noise yeah. that uh, Kakuin did 
with the but cherry. It, it has this reverb on it, so it yeah. sounds even creepier than that. Yeah. Uh, his eyeballs, are, he's growing leaves around, like underneath his eyeballs, which are causing them to bulge out, and then one of them turns into a flower. It, it's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad. It's, it's All bad things are happening here, because the, the moral of the story, don't touch bones. No. Leave them alone. Definitely not. If you touch bones, your fingernails will peel back and plants will start growing out of them. Reach out and touch bone. That wasn't as good as the cheap one, but... <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's fine. The important thing is you tried. It's also bad advice. You you shouldn't reach out and touch bone. No, definitely not. We see what happens in this episode. This whole room is full of plant people who apparently, Leave like, all of them touch the bone. Yeah. They're passing. They're playing hot potato with it. Don't touch a bone. When you're touching a bone, you're touching the last like thirty partners that that bone has been with. <laughs> it's unsanitary. Use protection when touching bone. Always be sure to follow proper uh, PPE procedure when handling bone. Oh no! I got to use the bone protocol. Mm. <sighs> Everyone's Man, that turning game wasn't it. very good. <laughs> uh, D and G sees the bone and sees everything happening with the bone and is just like, "Gosh, I wish I wasn't here right now." <laughs> Don't blame him. Uh, he's trying to figure out how to t- how to pick this bone up, and there's like really no good option uh, because Jolene also touched the bone with her stand and is now under the same influence of the bone's effects. Um, she's infected, as they say. Uh, she's got the tree virus. Ooh. But there's they think that maybe it could transfer between people, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. Uh, the growths will happen at a more rapid pace if she's in the sunlight, uh, but the bone is also like in this area where everyone's basically sunbathing and turning into trees rapidly. And since she's the only one infected, she's like, I should go out there and pick it up because the rest of you can't pick up this bone. Turns out, by the way, would have been fine. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Anyone could have picked this bone up uh, because Rocky decides that he is bored of this idea within the next about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it doesn't really go anywhere. No, it absolutely does not. Um, there is this bit, though, where Anna Swee just decides to mouth one of her cheek flowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, here, let me give a taste. So, you know, if I know if there's blood in there or just chlorophyll. Nope, so, just plant. Yeah, this is all plant. Don't worry, Jolene, you're becoming all plant. Um, uh, but yeah, so, so he also mentions uh, specifically it can't be a stand, otherwise it would have targeted them specifically. Mm-hmm. So it's they just like a you. weird thing yeah. that's happening. It is uh, quite bizarre. Stop saying that. Not everything has to be bizarre. But it is. It's the most bizarre anime on television, on streaming services. (laughs) The most bizarre anime on Netflix. (laughs) Slash Crunchyroll. Slash uh, Hulu. Watch Cartoon Online. Dot RU. (laughs) Kiss Anime. Dot RU. This anime is so bizarre, you'll forget what you ate for for breakfast. <laughs> nice callback. Classic. It's, 
Uh, they find a baby in here. I fucking hate this show. This oh, is way yeah. scarier than JoJo's has ever been. This episode in particular seems like it's specifically designed to trigger you. It is fucking only me up. you. It is fucking me up. The worst thing is like very late in the episode. We'll get there, but there's this baby, a green baby, uh, growing inside it's this little, like it's pod. a Cyberman. Yeah, and it's got a Joe Star star on its back, and so my theory here is that this is Dio resurrecting. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, even though the bone is not in him, the bone's still just sitting out there. So I guess like the bone's I, worthless now. Yeah, I think maybe the bone just used whatever power was in it to sort of seep the life force from these people to grow a new Dio. I think that's what's happening. I also just have no re- idea, like, why all this would be taking place to begin with. No. It's bizarre. Like, you, you sh- that is true. Stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I will not. I refuse. Asshole. Uh, it's a lot of um, weird stuff in this show for a very long time has been driven specifically by stands with, like, a few exceptions. Like, the stuff with... Uh, remy right in part four being a ghost things like that Um, all right yeah but we haven't had a lot of like back in part one and part two where there's like more mystical kind of unexplained stuff going on Mm -hmm. like actual vampires and and zombies and ghouls and things like that yeah Uh, so i think that this is maybe more to do with some weird vampiric thing than it is anything else could be I mean, like um, I said, it's basically sapping these people's life yeah. to grow them. So, uh, yeah, it's a vampirism of a sort, I suppose. And the reason it would have the Joestar birthmark is because the bone is actually from Jonathan and it is not from Dio, specifically. Um, but also this weird, like, perverse thing that is happening, I guess, because Dio had fully assimilated into Jonathan's body, so Jonathan's body would have had the vampirism in it sure why not Uh, i don't don't know there is a half naked man in this cell you're you've put more thought into this than iraqi did we thought well if there's a weird little plant baby uh there's a weird little man baby inside this cell he's got a tiny mustache and he's in a very (laughs) revealing outfit that has survivor written all over it i wonder what his deal is hmm i do like how we were speculating who the stand user survivor was and i was not expecting them to look like this (laughs) me either (laughs) this weird little asshole who's freaking out. He wants nothing more to do with this plan that uh, Puccia has come up with. He's not like letting on that he's a bad guy, but everyone pretty much figures it out because of course, like who else would look at him? Yeah. Who else would be in here and dress like this? He's got this outfit. He's got like, like a bowl cut, but with a bald spot on top and like strands of hair coming down on each side. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Kind of a mustache. Anasui runs his hand over his chest and down towards his exposed midriff and is like, hey, you know how many uh, ribs the human body has? Anyway, you should get out of here, pal. Go ahead and leave. You'll be fine. Yeah. This has very obviously done something strange to him because Anasui has, of course, put Diver down in him, uh, which when he passes by D&G, <laughs> causes his ribs to pop out of his back 
and like embed into DNG's like left forearm like a bear trap. <laughs> yeah, and just like completely shears like the skin of it off. It, it's real bad. Shears the arm off because they mention later on like when he's getting wheeled out of there by like a full medical team that like his arms hanging on by a thread. Well, yeah, yeah, you do see that like it sort of pulls apart. Yeah, and he is screaming mommy and crying, which, you know what, if my forearm got jacked up like this dude's, I probably would also be, like, freaking the fuck out like this. Yeah. Anyone Uh, would. Yeah, like, Anasui turned a survivor guy basically into Gaping Dragon from Dark Souls, speaking of. One of the most influential games of all time. (laughs) Correct. I think it was, like, number 60 on that list. Uh, Yeah. That seems about right. They put Shinmu above Silent Hill. Yes, and I, I got very angry. Even though, well, if you're going, if you're going fair. by your influential rules, then yeah. yes, this was it was explained to me as influential right, multiple right. times by okay, different people. Fine, I'm so fucking angry. They were wrong, but yes, okay. I wouldn't expect gamers to know a thing or two about film. Oh man, yeah, you do see like. <laughs> His arm just like attached basically by a couple of strands of skin. Hell yeah, it's great. You know what else is great? Yo Yo Ma. Araki was really on something for this. That that's right, Yo Yo Ma. Mm-hmm. He ate the baby. Wait a minute. He kinda looks like a baby. Come here, I'm gonna eat you. I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly! <laughs> they just turn around he's got this baby in his mouth he just swallows it yeah and uh honestly he's just like oh no give us the baby back and puts diaper down in him and it's like this dude fucking stinks he stinks so bad i got his stink in my body from being in his body i'm gonna puke <laughs> And and of course, notably here, uh, this stand is voiced by the same guy who voiced Shigechi, your favorite character. I was hoping you would pick up on that. Yeah, of course, it's very obvious. Like I, this stand is basically Shigechi, and so of I course, heard his voice and was just like, "Oh shit!" I know yeah. that's not the voice actor of Araki's number nine favorite character of all time. <laughs> uh-huh. Had to look it up. I, mean, I know this sounds exactly the same. I know this came out well before we recorded last week, but I'm still going to chalk this up to the podcast <laughs> curse. Uh, I, I don't think so. We evoked Sagechi, we got Sagechi. Has, has he ever, uh, he, like he's personally doing this, have they reused voice actors before? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Is, I mean, a lot of Japanese voices just kind of sound the same like it's just a lot of that's like racist deep... first of all but... <laughs> you know it's a lot of oh my i know you're a huge fan of blackface because that's what you specifically asked for me to draw you in <laughs> he's italian <laughs> he's italian it's fine he's swarthy how dare you, you you said italian blackface and i was like what like italian soda and then you didn't talk to me for an entire day also you didn't color it what do you mean i ask you to draw i was just funning but also it's, it is funnier to me i thought that you would just give yourself like regular looking well hold on a second let me walk that back i thought that you would give yourself like pale skin 
like white person's skin oh, pale snake <laughs> well no because then it would have again all right behind <laughs> the scene for the art i had to change the jolene color scheme because in the anime her and poochie both have the same color scheme for their clothes so it would have looked way too similar side by side uh, same reason i did that to make the skin more accurate to in the anime so then there's more of a contrast between the two <clears throat> so there everything you go. about the podcast thumbnail for this batch this part is horrific the yeah, concept of course it is you think i like your gazongas no <laughs> i would be worried if you did <laughs> well i don't know i i wasn't quite sure if drawing that awakened anything in you i kind of liked it <laughs> <laughs> thought you might a little bit i had a great uh internal debate on how big they should be and i decided uh just big enough okay a I could have uh, upper C. I could have gone huge. I could have gone none at all, and I decided, yeah, around like a you know like a thirty six C. Eh, they might be a D. Yeah, maybe lower D. Cup sizes are, D. are very deceptive. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of like leeway in there. Yeah. Oh, it's also you know a lot about the actual like. Yeah, amount of inches know. around the torso and right i understand that's the number part okay okay <laughs> moving on moving on dot org we, we understand uh cup sizes probably about as well as rocky does biology and basic science look i i know bigger is better <laughs> that's all i need to know <laughs> so not sagechi is here to eat bug and baby and build you a chair and bring you manga <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma has a lot of skills and a lot of knowledge about things that do not matter at all to anyone. Sometimes he also just likes to stare into space and drool uncontrollably. Same. <laughs> he is, uh, for anyone who has not looked this up, a little fat pickle guy uh, who also has like the same spike on his head that DMT yeah. does, a little like German helmet thing. Um, kind of looks like he's wearing overalls, too. Yeah, so Anasui and Jolene are like, okay, this obviously is an enemy stand. And it's Foo probably... Fighters immediately shoots him in the head. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's a really, he's like center frame. Yeah. I think he's just like staring at nothing and then the gun comes into frame and blows his brain. <laughs> yeah, no, she comes in from the side and just says, blap, 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 blap. Then uh, I think this, they beat him on the ground a bit too. They do. They there is like a part five esque sequence of them kicking the shit out of him. Like not Don't blame him. Not precisely the same way, but like everybody gets a shot and everybody has a turn with Yo Yo Ma. Yeah. Um. But ultimately, they're like, okay, well, this is clearly an enemy stand, but we can't hurt it, and it's probably going to follow us around, and it's a little bit helpful. So, how about all right, gang, let's split up. Foo Fighters, you go find the enemy stand user, and I guess we'll just hang out with the stand. <laughs> sure. Kind of ride around in this boat for a bit. Because at this point, also, the guards have been alerted, so they're on the way, so they have to yeah. get moving. Um, There's a... I think this happens here. Yeah, there's a bit where the uh, frog jumps onto the boat, and Yo-Yo Ma just grabs it, <laughs> rings it like a towel over its <laughs> mouth, and gets all the frog juice out of it. 
and you didn't mention though they get to a fan boat outside the prison and they don't know how to start it but yo-yo ma knows exactly how to operate a fan boat yeah and he gets to him saying like this is how you can tell a real strawberry from a fake strawberry and all this this other stuff stand is just like a repository for weird facts rocky learned but has had no conceivable (laughs) way of smoothly inserting into the narrative smooth yeah like even by his standards like yeah there was no way he could manage to cram the stuff into any other stand so he's like all right yeah what if how to tan a frog yeah what if we just had a stand that spit out a bunch of fun facts um he also, you know, uh, bit off all of the lower portion of Foo Fighters' fucking head. Well, like, melted her. <laughs> I thought it was that he actually, like, bit into her and ate her, because there's multiple parts uh, in this next episode where he specifically is opening up his mouth to, like, bite somebody. I thought uh, uh, the whole thing is that, well, spoilers, is uh, drool is, like, acid. But I don't remember when he actually got it oh, yeah. on Foo Fighters. I still think that he just straight up, like, bit her real quick. Maybe. And then hustled on over there. And she couldn't communicate because her jaw's uh, fully gone. It is a real, like, you see the uh, goop, like, her plankton goop kind of seeping down her neck, but then there's a really just quick cut to her looking bad. Yeah. And it's it's good. It is a great way to end this episode. Um Anyway, she's fine. Yeah, it it doesn't really last. She kind of just reforms. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to skip back in here in this next episode and see where it picks up because I can't quite remember. Right. So they, uh, they were they were just back on the boat, I think. Yeah, they're the guards are in pursuit. They got their own uh, their own fan boats are coming after them, so they kind of stop over in this embankment for a bit. Fun part here. Uh, <laughs> There's a part later on where you see the guards on their fan boat and uh, they are not like changing orientation or anything, but they are still like a CG model. Like you could have just drawn them. (laughs) Yeah, you could have just had that be like a static drawing. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, But they're freaking out because Yo-Yo Ma keeps rocking the boat and alerting the guards. The clap of Yo-Yo Ma's ass cheeks keep alerting the guards. <laughs> yeah, he's dummy thick. Yeah. Uh, but he teaches them how to fold uh, leaves to conceal their boat uh, and how to come way, up with camo. A Foo Fighter does say he uses bodily fluids, uses spit to uh, destroy mm. me little by little. I didn't notice. I don't. I, I was scrubbing through the end of that trying to find it, and I didn't notice where it actually happened. But Okay, I guess I missed it. I think it would be more horrific if he just straight up, like, bit off a huge chunk of her head. Yeah, but they would have noticed that. Like, this whole his whole thing is being covert and subservient. Not if he, not if he did it real quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not if he just got on a quick jump and then got on over there. She was far away. They wouldn't have, like, noticed that she was missing half of her face. He would have had to have done it before he went with them. They were all there. She like started melting they, after they left. They could have turned around to go over to the boat, waiting for him to catch up, and he could have got a quick around. chomp in and then ran over to them, and they would have noticed. <laughs> okay. I think they would. If I made Honestly, JoJo's Bizarre not. Adventure, it would be very different, goddammit, because uh, it wouldn't exist after the first part. No one would let me do it anymore. You're like, if, I, if I had been on that fan boat with Yo-Yo Ma, things would have gone down differently. I can tell you that much. 
<laughs> oh man. If only Mark Wahlberg were in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> he'd be doing so many hate crimes. <laughs> yeah, he'd be him and Joseph Joestar would have been just fucking Japan up. Uh-huh. A couple of lovable racists, those two. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they get caught despite the fact that they go through this whole process of concealing the boat. <laughs> There's also one part where they look over and Yo-Yo Ma just like has his head impaled on part of the fan boat <laughs> for no reason. Oh, whoops, how did I end up here? <laughs> it's just this weird like quick sight gag that they do. Help me, step bro. <laughs> Uh, but Anasui uh, manages to dispatch the guards, and so everyone kind of just carries on their way. Uh, except Jolene's just got a whole bunch of holes in her tongue now, and her throat, I guess, and she can't speak. It's just like a whistle coming out of her throat. She's lost her voice. And mm-hmm. Anasui, so I had mentioned how I really hope Weather Report's whole thing is that he's this sort of like stoic badass, but it turns out he's just a himbo. Yeah. I got that with Anasui instead. <laughs> yep, turns out it's uh, your boy Narciso, which I guess makes sense. He is as dumb as a bag of bricks, and I love him, and I want the best for him, and I hope him and Jolene actually end up getting together before <laughs> the end of this part, because uh, I just want them to be happy. Um, yeah, he's he's just like, uh, what's, the, what's the matter? Do you want to like whisper d- to me like sweet nothings and get all close? And she's just trying to be like, no, dumbass, I cannot talk. And he's like, you're breathing very heavily. Huh? Yeah, oh. oh, what happens if I put your hand on my chest and rub it around a little bit? <laughs> like there's a bit where he's like, oh, what, do you want me to like kiss you or something? And then they get close enough. And she just like grabs his head and starts twisting it around in odd directions. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just like sick. trying to get him to look at Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> but it's, it's great she's doing the head twisting thing, and he's just like, "I don't. What are you trying to tell me? I don't understand." Mm-hmm. Yes, that's Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> and Yo-Yo Ma is like, our friend. What, what, do you, you want to kiss or what? <laughs> I think at one point it's just like, oh, wait, you like the really kinky shit? <laughs> yeah. You want Yo-Yo Ma to watch? <laughs> uh, anyway, this is when um, Jolene figures out that he's just like pretending to be nice to them and is going to attack when they have their back turn. So she tries to bait him into attacking her. By uh, Yeah, she keeps uh, turning her back to him and trying to like also distract Anasui so he'll think that he has an opening. Oh, and th- yeah, and then this is where Yo-Yo Ma tells you uh, how to tan a frog hide. <laughs> There's this bit where he's reaching into his cod piece, or like, it's a loincloth, actually. <laughs> and I thought that they were going in a different direction for a second with this, that like, they've already established he's a gross little weirdo and he stinks, and so I thought he was just like shoving his hand down his pants. Oh, I mean, Shigechi would do that. I used to know a lot of guys who did that. Okay. Uh, back in the, the few times I have lived in dormitories, the thing that you will understand about other men when you live around a significant number of them is that there are some guys who just like to casually have their hands down the front of their pants. They're <sighs> not Bundy. like... Yeah, I guess. Uh, they're not mm. doing anything... 
They just have their hands there as if though they're keeping them warm. Don't like it. Don't like any part of it. Me either, because then they also just go around and like touch shit. (laughs) And so all the time it's just like, God, dick hands everywhere. (laughs) You're getting your dick germs all over my door. We get out. Yeah. Go. I don't blame you. You're right. That's gross. Really is. And having said that, Yo-Yo Ma seems like precisely the kind of person that would do that. I know he's a stand, but he's still... I'm rooting for him here. This is sort of a (laughs) slobs versus snobs scenario. (laughs) And uh, it's like Revenge of the Nerds. You know, you want to see him win this one. No! The moment moment you're rooting for the nerds in Revenge of the Nerds is when you fucking lost it, Larry. (laughs) They're rapists. Yeah, I'm aware of that. And uh, yet, you made the argument for them anyway. Again, I, I, never seen it. What could I expect from someone in Italian face? <laughs> Please, Guido face. <laughs> I was specifically trying not to say that. <laughs> Too bad. We be racist against Italians. I found a thread on the JoJo's wiki where somebody suggested, like, hey, should this podcast stand and deliver a JoJo <laughs> podcast? Should it be a part of the wiki? Should there be a page for it? And someone was just like, uh, can you link it to me? Probably not. And, like, the answer was, of course, that we don't have, we're not a big enough deal to be a part of the wiki, which, you know what? Good. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I don't want to be a part of your wiki. When you first brought this up to me, I thought it was going to be that they listened to it and heard you like saying how bad the JoJo wiki is constantly, <laughs> and they were like, nope, that would also, allow this. That would also be an acceptable reason. But there is a part of me that just wants to see that page happen, because there'd just be like a trivia section that's just like, George Brundle has notably said slurs several times <laughs> in the podcast. Eh, eh it happens. Larry and George have referenced uh, Tim and Eric's Awesome Show approximately. They have like a total count. This is 71 episodes, so at least 65. Yeah. No, I mean like individual times. And then they would also have to like count it for each of us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because the people who manage Wikipedia or like any wiki sites are total freaks. Yo-Yo Ma uh, melts Jolene's eyeball. (laughs) It's fine. We'll put some plankton in it later. I like how <laughs> plankton do. is this sort of like catch-all solution for any kind of a wound, which definitely doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like using it sort of like as super glue, sort of close the wound or something. Sure, but yeah, they they make those plankton do a lot of work. It's kind of like nano machines, really. Which, Ooh. if you think about it, is kind of what plankton are. So, I don't think that's true at all. They're tiny like microscopic organisms and nanomachines are just tiny microscopic machines. Okay. Yeah. It makes exactly as much sense as anything else. I said, okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Honestly uses uh, diver down in a really interesting way here though, which is to like, I guess wire part of yo-yo ma's brain to a frog. Which yes. then makes Yo-Yo Ma have a frog brain. Yes! And so here, this is why I'm glad you are back on the Japanese dub, at least most of the time. Because Yo-Yo Ma sees a frog and is in love with it, and he says in English, Nice body! 
Yeah, he's way in love with this frog, and he's, like, trying to, like, eat flies and stuff with his tongue that's now extending outwards, and he's hopping around, and he's afraid of birds. <laughs> yes. And he, he comes up with, like, uh, a... urinates on himself like frogs do, he says. Oh, yeah. That's a very Shigechi thing. Yes, it is. Shigechi uh, <laughs> pissing all over himself when he meets Kira as a defense mechanism. I'm trying to find the part where he, like, unloads his pockets <laughs> say, like, the weird stuff he's carrying. Oh, right. I forgot about that. I'll find or, it eventually. Yeah, Keep I don't remember it. what he has either, but uh, so he basically is too much of a frog now to be able to like effectively attack them, even though he has like a pretty good plan of getting his spit to like get into the water around the boat and then spray up onto them. He just cannot physically do it now because he is too distracted by things that a frog would be interested in. Um, so that is maybe the end of Yo-Yo Ma. I imagine that they kill him or like DNG dies here. But for the rest of this episode, the two of them are still operational. Yeah, I, I would guess Foo Fighters kills DNG pretty quick. Yeah, they're they're both incapacitated, um, but active. Uh, and Foo oh, Fighters, okay. she's fine now and. Okay. Uh, Anasui uh, asks him to show him. He has two rhino beetles, a microphone for singing, two low calorie (laughs) sugar packs, and three frogs. Uh, One raw frog hide, a bundle of broccoli, four mock strawberries, and two used matchsticks. And then Anasui just like kicks him away. He's like, none of this matters. Why did I have him do this? Oh, but notably, we did say the way he was uh, putting holes in them was he was just like, he was upwind of them. So he was drooling and it was going yeah. into the fan of the fan boat and like landing on them. To yeah, spraying, tiny holes. Spraying back on them. Um, I thought for a moment it was going to have to do with the mosquitoes he was also spitting out. But they, so uh... they, they mentioned that and Jolene like puts a bunch of tiny threads over his social notice if anything touches her and mm-hmm. it eh, doesn't matter. Not really. I, thought it, I, I guess. thought it was going to be that because it's any of his bodily fluids that his right. blood could also do it, and since they I, suck up the blood, they could transfer. I think but that's that would, what I thought. That was what it was saying, but but that would just melt the mosquitoes too. Maybe, maybe it has to be targeted. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know either. And that actually, that might be what melted Foo Fighters. It might have been that she got blood on her at. After she shot him oh, like yeah, five times in the head. <laughs> uh, Foo Fighters now has a uh, line of sight on DNG who is being uh, wheeled away by a medical team. Uh, and Poochie is here and he is counting prime numbers again. Uh, he, we, Yeah, we did not mention. Oh, we did in the next episode after yeah. that part. What she does is as kind of like... Um, a security blanket thing when he's when he's freaking out he counts those to kind of ground himself, and calm himself. <laughs> whenever there's a storm outside you need to put poochie in his storm shirt <laughs> it feels like he's, he's being hugged he likes it <laughs> i don't usually let poochie into bed with me but whenever it's thundering out or there's firecrackers <laughs> he gets scared i let him get him into bed with me hey he likes it he likes it he likes it more than it's great um his Gucci is also just hanging out in this room with um a v- very fucked up looking survivor i don't know that yeah. they actually gave the guy a name 
I think they did in like one of the interstitials at some point. Okay, I probably missed it. Or, um, uh, when he's like stumbling away, I think it says his name because like Stan Survivor status like too far gone or whatever. Yeah, uh, but he's very thoroughly mangled here. And so Poochie needs to know basically what happened. So he puts a blank disc into the guy's head and then starts playing some sick fucking jams, dude. <laughs> yes. Uh, Messiah by Handel, the famous Hallelujah song. Not the Leonard Cohen one. You know, the one. <laughs> Edit idea for the scene. Change it with the Leonard Cohen one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You, you want me this episode of jojo's bizarre adventure leonard cohen was said to have played hallelujah until the day that he died (laughs) he might have yeah maybe um poochie does say that about the uh musician whatever that old fuck's name is who made hallelujah i just said it handle i don't care handle 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 i don't care i don't listen to old people music classical yeah, whatever. I listen to the I listen to good shit like uh, Oingo Boingo, mm-hmm. Weird Al Yankovic, mm-hmm. Electric Six, uh-huh. uh huh. End of list. <laughs> That's it. That's the only music I listen to. Oh, uh, Duran Duran. Duran. <laughs> I do not, under any circumstance, though, listen to Depeche Mode garbage <laughs> reach out and touch cheek absolute trash um foo fighters dresses up as uh one of the medical personnel and points the gun at dng's face and instead of immediately shooting him just like she would with yo-yo ma she's got to like say a bunch of shit which gives poochie enough time to um throw a stand disc into another like medical guy uh, who then attacks her medics medical dude <laughs> health man <laughs> not doctor S- semi-doctor <laughs> a junior doctor little doctor guy <laughs> ambulance car, man car doctor <laughs> Poochie reveals himself finally uh which seems yeah <sighs> Isn't it implied that like White Snake actually has like a fairly impressive distance to it? I don't think so. I because thought... he said to stay pretty close most of the time. Like when he was talking to Sports Max, he was just like right over there behind the corner. The bit though where he caused the whole multi room situation to happen, though I would have figured he had to have been close by for that. But maybe it's because he had mm. the stand disc in his head that he instead used a totally different stand for that which was a long distance stand and then when he took it out maybe he went back to white snake no i think that is white snake's ability um but yeah, no white snake's, sure. white snake's ability i'm pretty sure is simply just the stand discs and that's it i don't think white snake can actually like cause hallucinations it can just program things in discs or take discs mm, i thought the hallucination stuff was white snake's ability Dis- but disagree I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see if he does a come room again. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Are you looking forward to another come room? Absolutely. Okay. I figure the amount of like uh, 
piss and stinky guts and other stuff that we've had so far, it feels like a cum room is coming. <laughs> yeah, it's only a matter of time. They're going to revisit it. Cum room's on the horizon. Uh, but yeah, it, I am surprised, though, that these are the circumstances in which Pucci is making himself known. I figured it would be more of a situation where they finally, like, deduced it, similar to Kira, or, like, caught him in the act. I didn't think that he would just be like, uh, hey, what's up? I'm the guy you've been looking for. Uh, White Snake is a long-distance stand. It has an extended range about 20 meters. Um, it has yeah, strength strength similar to close-range stands. Uh, see i would think that he would be able to just project it down that hallway then and be fine and not have to reveal himself says poochie relies on white snake's esoteric set of powers uh yes the illusion stuff is white snake's ability but otherwise it seems like it just has the disc creation thing i think that's stupid i think it should just be the discs and the power and that's it i agree because it, it would oh, this, then... this is only used once, it says. Which, to me, is, oh, well, Araki had a different idea. Like, one of those scenarios where the stand power is that and then it changes. But I figured you could at least explain it away by saying that it was a different stand power that he popped into himself to use for a little while. Yeah. Because, like, that would at least... A, a popular superpower is the idea of somebody being able to take on other people's superpowers or mimic other superpowers, essentially giving them a wide array of abilities. Like Mega Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Isn't there like a popular DC or Marvel character who can do that? Because I'm pretty sure there is one. Uh, Probably. Um, That is the main villain from Heroes. That was his thing, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Siler. Yeah, there was numerous characters from Heroes who was able to do that. Siler had to eat people's brains. No, he didn't. And that's the part that I think sucks because it's implied for a while. So it's implied for a very long time. The thing is that is that he has to digest a part of the brain in order to unlock it. But then yeah. like in a later episode, they establish all he does is he looks at the brain and then <laughs> figures out how the power works. Oh, yeah. OK, I remember this now. Ah, it's such a dumb way to the eating brain things is cool. Yeah, I think that's after I stopped watching it. I hope you stopped watching after the first season, because, oh yeah. boy. <laughs> I think I'd maybe first... watch like a couple episodes of the second before being like, yeah. nah, no thanks. I watched that second and it was sort of like very slowly over the course of the entire season, realizing I'm watching bad TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also understanding at the end of it that now I'm in too deep and I have to watch the third season. Um, that was the last one I watched, because uh, it was also clear like the writer's strike had ended by that point and the show was not recovering. It was getting worse. So I was like, well, that's it for heroes i guess um that first season is great though yeah it was pretty good yeah it's a, a shame remember when they did that reboot of it and it also fucking sucked and so <laughs> yeah. they canceled it after a season yep man uh but anyway no i i figured that it would be like the whole point of uh white snake's power is it is one of those things that gives them the ability to take on a bunch of other abilities sure um, and then Which in this case also give them do, i guess people. like but yeah yeah it's or, not his main thing i guess yeah so meh, yeah, whatever uh, he's got that later though like he he could still like pop some discs into his head or whatever yeah but he's got foo fighters corner dng is still alive yo-yo ma is still alive even though both of them are incapacitated and that's where this set of episodes ends on a 
excuse me, on a, a bit of a cliffhanger. Funny, though, that Foo Fighters is the first one to actually have a, an altercation with Poochie. Why is that? Because she's just like a side character, not the main one. Hmm, very interesting. <laughs> I kill you. I'm going to shear your arm off. Fortunately for me, I'm in a lucky position, so it's just going <laughs> to knock you in the fucking teeth, asshole. Um, no, I, I thought it was going to be because she was previously Poochie's henchman. Oh, yeah, that too. So, uh, excited for next week, though. That's right. Um, so it next looks week like we're... will be uh, 21 through 24. Mm-hmm. You excited? Actually, um... Only 48 episodes in the season? Uh, 38. We're halfway through. Oh, right. Uh, 38. Because, um, yeah, I was going to say we're a little over halfway, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I want to like exactly see. Halfway. I want to see where they go with this. I think these four episodes had a lot of, like, really entertaining action. I liked the fights. I love Yo-Yo Ma. He's a little freak. Um, even then, like, the dude from the episode before that was also a little freak. <laughs> Um, yeah, lots but of they weird little guys this week. That's true. The weird little guy who crawled up on that table to ju- touch Jotaro. A lot of dudes uh, under five six in these four episodes. Um, I think they've also set up some really interesting stuff though with the green baby and Pucci finally revealing himself, and it feels like we're going to get a lot. Somebody's been episode. on the wiki. Who? Yes, you just mentioned the green baby, which is specifically what's called on the wiki. Okay, yeah, maybe I looked up the fact that it's called the green baby. Because <laughs> I just saw that now looking at White Snake. I, I saw that because I we looked up what kind of bone that was. Oh, and it, yeah. It mentions something about it being used in the creation of the green baby. And so then when a small green child that is referred to as a baby showed up, I was like, oh, that must be the green baby. Yeah, I wonder what, we'll see what will happen with that as we continue on. On, stand, and deliver. Goodbye. Bye. Causing lyrical disasters. It's the master. Make music for mini me's, models, and fat bastards. These women trying to get me out my pelly pellies. They strip off my clothes and tell me, get in my belly. Stay on the track, hit the ground running like Flojo. Sit back in time and I never lost my mojo. Ladies and gentlemen, I, boys and girls, Ludacris sent down to take over the whole world. Whoa, don't slip up or get cut. Why not, man? I'm coming for that number one spot. All right. Yeah. Rappers swearing they on top. I eat because I'm unhappy.
I'm unhappy because I eat. It's a vicious cycle. If you'll excuse me, there's someone I have to get in touch with and forgive. Sorry, I farted. <laughs>